This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Friday, it's the 30th of June 2023, and today on the show, we are traveling to convention. Woo! You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? I'm good, thank you, Stephen. I feel like I've let you down, though. Oh, well, nothing new there, but yes, oh, please thanks explain. Thanks for that, well done. Okay. Well, I was, you know, I left you there. I left you out in the cold, out in the lurch with your woohoo. I didn't realise we were so excited by the convention, but apparently we are. Well, are you not excited about convention? I'm always excited by convention, Stephen. I'm surprised that you are excited because usually you have something to rant about. No no complaints or... Uh, give it time. I mean, you oh, know, okay. I'm sure there'll we'll be something. See. But yeah, you know, in the first 30 good. seconds, I thought I felt quite good. I actually felt fine. <laughs> now I'm starting to get irritated. <laughs> Can't think why that is. No, um, sorry. Yeah, no, I am I'm conventional. That is me. Oh, well oh, done. Okay. I say this. We're not actually going nowhere. No, I'm still uh, in a shed. You're still in the shed. I'm still at home. And, uh, yeah, we're not actually going anywhere. But two people who are for uh, Double Tap, I'm saying that in inverted commas because they're actually there for other reasons as well, uh, yes. mainly you know to earn their own crust of bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have two fantastic people with us today who are going to convention and will be covering it on behalf of Double Tap. Very kindly uh, that they will be doing this. Uh, Michael Babcock is here. Michael Babcock. Hey! Hello. I'm, I'm going to try not to say button. Button? How do you, button, how do you say that? Button, I, yeah, button. is it button or button? Is that, is that because, have we, have we, uh, has people upset you on this? Because honestly, I, I felt bad about that, but I also kind of agreed. I thought it's a bit I, I, weird how you say it. I don't care. Like it doesn't matter what <laughs> people say. I, I do care what people say, care. but doesn't matter. It doesn't offend me is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Good man. Care what people say. Yeah, button, button doesn't matter to me. I will probably say it button like I normally do. Yeah. God bless it. you. You that's say it however it. you want, sir. Uh, and also, Damasi Thomas is here. The beautiful, soulful voice. Oh, here we go. The voice. Hello. Oh, there it is. Bit of a delay, but there we go. Uh, hi, Damasi. How are you? <laughs> button, button, button. Yeah. Button, <sighs> button, button, button. I feel like I'm on a. I feel like I'm on a website. Um, an accessible app on the on yeah, iPhone, right? Button, exactly. Button, button. Pick one you like. Um, so yeah, you two are getting ready to head off to a convention. Well, actually, Michael, you're there. You've arrived. Schaumburg, Illinois, just out of Chicago. <gasps> I am at ACB oh. convention. Yep. Yeah. Named so, after me, obviously. Schoenberg? Yeah. Is that oh, what it's... Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. What do you mean, oh, yeah? Schoenberg. How was that not the first thing that jumped to mind? I just thought iceberg immediately when you said that. But, you know, <laughs> oh, fine. Same thing, okay. really. Equally as cold, miserable, and inhospitable. Um, so named after Sean. So named after Sean, yeah. <laughs> Stop uh, it. So you're there, and uh, how long are you there for? Because these conventions last, what, a full week? Yeah, so they last a full week. I will be here until the 6th, the exhibitor, so this coming Thursday, and then the exhibitor hall closes this coming Wednesday, so hunt me down somewhere. Yeah, definitely try and get hold of uh, Michael. Now, you're there on behalf of uh, AT Guys, right? Yep, booth 46. So if you're listening and uh, you happen to hear, come by booth 46 to see AT Guys. We've got some cool new products. And uh, someone asked me once, they said, what is it that AT Guys does? And I told them, we sell both accessible products that are mainstream, that's the biggest thing, or every once in a while we'll sell you know those products direct made for blindness specific products but Mm. the big claim to fame is we provide you accessible products that are a lot of time mainstream and then we give you both assistance and documentation to be able to use that so the folding keyboard we have isn't something that we specifically found for a blind user but we did go out and create some documentation to tell you here's where all the keys are on the keyboard and that's not something you're going to get from pluggable the manufacturer directly no but also you're you're also providing a level of support, but I'm guessing the products as well are tested by you guys first, right? So you're getting a chance to say, well, this is a product which, yes, okay, may not be built for blind people necessarily, but it's something that we've tried, we've tested, and it's it's good. It's kind of understandable. It's, it's usable, usable by blind people. Yeah. 
Yep. And yeah. then we got the Versa Slate, which is for blind people. Yeah. And one of those cool things, it's a paperless slate and stylus. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Now, Damasi, you're heading off to Houston, Texas. Is that right? Yes, sir. Houston, Texas uh, for NFB. So I will be leaving later today, actually, as people are hearing this and arriving around about nine o'clock in the evening. We will be I will be in Houston along with JJ until um, next Friday. So the seventh is actually when me and him are flying out to go back home. Uh, Exhibit Hall for NFB convention this year opens on Sunday. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the last day is going to be Wednesday. Uh, you got about two hours on Wednesday. So we're at booth A11. Come by and see us. Um, have products on display. We'll be able to answer questions, let you try things out, pick up some gear. And we're also going to be right next to um, Way Around. will be right next to us. And then across the aisle from us is going to be Blind Shell USA and mm. Ira. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. So hopefully I'll get to pop across the aisle for a bit and uh, hang out with Janine Stanley and uh, oh, have a chat. She's crazy. I'm telling you now. I'm warning you. Wow. She knows That's- how to party. That's, that's, that's a good way to that's, that's, that's a good way harsh, to lose man. friends. Yeah, that's harsh. that's harsh, isn't it? That's harsh. <laughs> Not harsh. She's fun. She says crazy. Uh, yeah, that's, but, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, quite crazy. a different. Is there a difference <laughs> in, in, in a good way? I meant. Oh, I'm, crazy in a good way, right? Did we mention ah, okay. Mike's at, at the ACB convention here? Did we actually mention that? I can't yes. remember. But is, are they usually held at the same time like this? Yes. Yeah, there's there? usually yeah there, there's usually typically a little bit of overlap uh every year that i've been aware of them like sometimes acb or nfb may start a few days after the other one uh but there's always some overlap in the middle there uh if this is the first time that i can remember them being as close yeah. as they are because basically the last day of acb is wednesday uh the fifth and then the last day of nfb is thursday the sixth so yeah. so there's actually complete overlap because the last day of ACB, the conference is the sixth as well. Like that's when the banquet is. The last day ah. of Exhibitor Hall is Wednesday, so it's it's full. It is complete duplicate. overlap. Then. Yep, they yeah. both start on Friday. I'm sorry, Saturday, and they both end on Thursday. Oh, so they they just lined up perfectly this year, which you know is that a good thing or a bad thing? What do you think? But I mean, I'm thinking, does anyone ever want to visit both? It's a bad thing for vendors, for sure. Exhibitors is rough, right? Because like in prior years for JJ, for example, I don't think he had anybody covering ACB for AT guys because he would go to NFB. Uh, so nope. he would have to make a choice. And, and a lot of exhibitors and vendors have to make that same choice because they don't have a big enough team or the budget to send people to both places. So they just have to pick. Uh, I know a few companies that they, they alternate. So they'll do ACB one year, NFB the next year. I know some companies that will start at one of the conventions and then move their people to the other convention, which I think is too much of a headache. Last year, we made AT Guys history because it was the first time we were able to cover both of the conventions at the same time. So that was pretty cool. And that kind of works out well for us at a double tap, right? Because we have never really been able to cover this fully because, you know, just simple geography, really. And, you know, sending Sean somewhere on his own usually spells disaster. So uh, we decided not to do that. And we like Sean to the extent that we don't want to lose him. I'm a grown adult. No, you're not. I just get lost a lot. Yes. (laughs) It's the world that's wrong. (laughs) He will move into the flower pot, maybe, if you send him back there. Put put you next to that guy. Yeah, he's probably still there at that thing in Orlando. Um, but yeah, this is an interesting one this year. So yeah, you guys are there as exhibitors as well and vendors, I guess, as well. But you're also uh, going to be covering some of this for us as well, which is brilliant. And you'll be getting a, a chance so, uh, to learn about what's going on. And the reason I think we're all quite excited about these particular conventions now, maybe more than ever, is because what I have noticed in the past few years is at these conventions, you'll often see a lot of new products emerge. So I think we're likely to see the Orbit Speak launch at one of these conventions. Possibly an FB could be the ACB. Uh, are you guys noticing this as well? Are you seeing an upsurge on, on the number of new products launched at these particular events? Yeah, if, yeah. Either launch or you know you get to see them for the first time, right? Which is also fun because a lot of times you know see Sun tends to be where you hear about a lot of stuff, and then the, the NFB and ACB conventions 
are where oftentimes something will go on sale for the first time or you get more information like here's the actual release date and you can pre-order and things like that. So I'm excited to hopefully get hands on with the Orbit Speak because I expect that to be there. I'm also hoping they're going to have the... um. What is it called? The the, the laptop. Optima. The, uh, yes, yes, oh, yes. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. they're going to have that on hand too, so I can uh, one go check out the keyboard and you know see how how does it really feel, and then actually get hands on with the device. Because for me, it's always better to put hands on a thing before I buy it, uh, or or even consider buying it, because uh, I get to know what it feels like. Absolutely. How um how difficult is it to get around these conventions if you're on your own and you're blind? I ask this because I went to CES thinking it would just be a little exhibition with a few stands. And, you know, three hotels later, I'm going, when does this end? Why is there so much stuff? So last year was the first time I, I ever went to a national convention. And I went into it kind of thinking the same thing you did, Stephen. Ah, oh, this will be easy. I won't build, I won't have any problems. I'm comfortable with traveling. And then I realized there's a lot of people in an echoey room. And that's what throws me off is the oh, echoey yeah. rooms. Uh, the people, I mean, people bother me sometimes. But, but having a lot of people doesn't bother me that bad. It's not being able to stay orientated in here. Um, you know, there's an aisle off to my right. And I can hear that in some instances. But when you're in these big conference halls, they can become overwhelming for sure. No, yeah, yeah definitely. I hate that. I hate that. I call it the sports hall because it just reminds me that echoing reverb. It just throws you completely off, doesn't it? it absolutely. Uh, that, that I'm actually a little nervous about going through the airport because I haven't flown in a few years. So it's like, and I know it's a big space because the, the airport that I'm flying out of is a is a fairly big airport. It's kind of one of the regional airports here and uh it, it gets noisy so like you you know and then they got the echoey speakers calling out you know stuff uh, yeah uh, you know blah, 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 blah. Like, what did they say it just gets all a bit overloaded yeah yeah and convention is very much the same in the exhibit halls uh it, it can get very loud because you got a lot of people you got people asking questions you got people yelling out that they're down here because you know they people can't find them because they may be tucked off in a corner we're at a11 so i think we're kind of towards the front uh, so it won't be difficult for people to find us, but there are going to be some places back in the back where somebody's going to be yelling out, hey, we're back here. Hey, yeah. come check out this product back here. Uh, that's usually so us, it is Stephen. Loud. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, that, that's the challenge, isn't it? But you're trying to find a way of getting people to engage with you guys and trying to get people to find you is going to be often the challenge. Now, I, know, I don't know about ACB. Michael, you can perhaps tell me more about this, but I know NFB, Damasi, has an app uh, I don't know if this is the first time they've done this, but they have an app where you can uh, use this to, I guess, connect with other people and find out what is going on and where. Yeah, I've heard about this app. I have not downloaded it yet, but I, I plan to download it before I uh, arrive there or at least spend some time with it. That Listen, I'm going to do the thing that everybody does. I'm going to install the app the night before I actually <laughs> need to try to use it and yes. then hope that it works. I'm so proud of you right That's now. the way to do it. None of this preparation nonsense. Just, you know, do what I did the other day. Right? I'm out with OpenScape. I'm in this in the pouring rain. My wife is with me. And I said to her, well, let's go to McDonald's. And uh, I had I opened up OpenScape. And I had to go through the whole setup process <laughs> exactly. before I even left. So, you know, Under you can pressure. imagine how popular I was by the time we got there. <laughs> Thankfully, McDonald's was at the end of it. Uh, but listen, you mentioned traveling, and, and you know, that's a great point, actually, Damasi, about the, the traveling aspect, because, you know, that in itself is a big deal. And, you know, it feels like an even bigger deal today for a lot of us. It already was for a lot of us, but if you've been used to traveling on a fairly regular basis, it's fine. Um, my preference to travel anywhere at the moment is by train. I would travel to America tomorrow if they built a train line across the ocean. But since that's unlikely to happen, I'll just have to get over it and uh, live with planes. But when it goes, when it comes to traveling, um, what are you guys packing? Um, this might sound a little bit wrong, um, but okay, what are you guys taking with you? Well, let's steer away from that quickly. Um, so what are you guys taking with you? Because obviously you'll have your own gear you'll need for work. But And, and Mike, I know you and I have talked before about you taking a, a Mac Mini with a battery pack. Is that, is that still happening? Car battery. Breaking new, hold, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, Steve, do we need the thing? Oh, hang on. Yeah, we need the thing. Breaking news. Right. Breaking okay. news. Updates. The conversation we talked about on Unmute yesterday with Stephen and Sean is inaccurate. I am not traveling with a Mac Mini and a battery because oh. my wife says 
be logical and use a laptop. Wouldn't it make more sense for you to just take a laptop? Um, but she did preface that with, I know you want to be independent and you want to be cool and have this battery and run your Mac mini, but doesn't it make sense to just pack a 13-inch MacBook Air? And I had to admit that it does. And then I went to go start using it, and I realized I have nothing set up on here. So I'm going to play with Migration Assistant. I've told you, I said this before we started, you've got to get the Migration Assistant going because it's the best thing ever. Forget the iPhone experience. That is a terrible experience with Migration. Mm. This will make your life better. If it doesn't, blame Sean. Okay, sounds good. Definitely my idea. I'm taking the quick, shameless plug, very small uh, 7-in-1 USB-C hub the AT guy sells for $29. Uh, and the reason I'm taking this is because anything I need to plug into, I can just plug it into it and only use one of the ports on the Mac uh, MacBook Air. Um, and so that'll give me my USB ports. So that's essential. I will have an accessible power bank so I can keep my phone charged. It's not strong enough to keep the MacBook charged, but it will do that. And then I'm probably going to take people tell me not to because i spent a lot of money on the microphone but honestly i'm not going to get the uh the the other microphone the samsung q2u microphone out so i'll probably take my beta 87a microphone and the vocaster with me as well and then i'll have a sony voice recorder uh, that is in my bag right now what the one with the little tapes Mm, no digital voice recorder it's it's got a usb connector so you hit a slider on it and the usb port pops out and you can plug it in the back of your computer no accessibility at all well let me rephrase that it beeps to tell you it's recording but it doesn't beep to tell you that it stopped recording because the battery died (laughs) utterly hopeless i know these things and there used to be ones that you got voice guidance on remember olympus did a lot of those but Uh yeah less 14 Uh yeah yeah they were brilliant they were really i'll have my ambios though as backup recorder so if uh, the ambios will be recording and just press record when oh. I do recordings. Um, going to try to use the Sony, but you know, if the worst comes to worst, you guys will be able to hear 3D audio. Well, surround audio. Have you got enough ears there? I mean, you're packing so much stuff. You need another the, set of ears. He's got his the cheekbones. Is, he's got. Uh, put, <laughs> put the ambios onto your shirt. Don't put them in your ears so you leave your ears open. Oh, well, that's quite go. clever, Pro actually. That's actually pretty smart, because I was thinking, how could I record with these? So what you're saying is I have to go out with a dress shirt every time I want to uh, record. See, all I wear are polo shirts, so they have the big collar that the Ambios can just kind of hook right there uh-huh. on it. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'm, I'm with you on this. That's it. I'll be on Amazon tech. buying polo shirts next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next thing I have to buy. More things to buy. Um, but okay, so um, Damasi, what do you take with you on these trips? Do you have a... Because I know you guys talked and you've been talking about the kind of go bag stuff on your shows, but you know, do you have something in mind for this? Do you have a go bag ready? So I have a backpack that typically has most of the basic stuff that I always need to have with me, like cables, uh, you know, make sure you got a USB cable, a lightning cable, you know, like that. I also have one of those seven in one hub, USB-C hubs from AT guys in that in that bag. Uh, Did you get discount in this? Or what's going on? Is this QVC all of a sudden? I know, what's it's going on? Like that. It's QVC. a bargain, by the way. Only twenty nine dollars. Same. No, we don't get make... discounts. These are the demo units that we show people, but we use them every day, so we're very comfortable <laughs> ah, with using smart. them. See, see, that's, that's, yeah, that's well how done. That works out. Yeah, that's good. Uh, also, I have a uh, accessible power bank uh, for charging up stuff on the go. I'm also taking a portable travel station, uh, which we also sell. I'm sorry, I'm really not trying to turn this into an ad. But this thing is really <laughs> useful. So this this travel station, for me, the one problem, I'll, especially as we accumulate more and more devices that have to be charged up overnight or at some point, mm-hmm. uh, you can run it around the hotel room looking for plugs. Does this outlet work? Do I have to oh, move yeah. this desk to get to that? So this thing is, you plug in one cord. Uh, it does have a grounded plug on it. You plug that in. On the other end of it is a rectangular aluminum box. Uh, on either side is a um, standard wall outlet so you can plug in anything that needs to be plugged in and then on the end over there three usba ports so i'll plug in one thing and i can charge up everything i need to charge up overnight and be ready for the next day standard Uh, us wall outlets for clarification just got to put that in there the strange ones not the three pin ones you've got those um yeah, not the proper British plugs. I'm going plugs. to stop talking now before I get <laughs> no, no, to no, pro- proper British, proper British plugs. 
And we might we might have absolutely nothing to offer the world anymore, but we still have decent plugs. Thank you very much. Best in the world, probably. <laughs> God save those plugs. <laughs> you know people are going to email us and asking for more details on all this anyway. Well, so, we'll, put, yes. well, we'll put the links in the show notes for all these products because I, th- you know, I will say this. I find that... Uh, you know, you mentioned the accessible power bank, and I find these products are just incredible. I, I don't. There's not a lot of options in the UK around this stuff that I know about, anyway. Well, can I be honest with you? I always thought, oh, what do you need an accessible one for? Everyone's obsessed with something talking or beeping, right? You don't need an accessible <laughs> one. And then I found myself trying to figure out if mine was turned on or not by mm-hmm. squinting away at the tiny LCD rectangle in the top See? left corner and trying Seeing AI, which didn't work, and Everything else, you think, you know what? It, it just makes so much sense to just have an accessible one. I've got one here. I've got one in my hand. It's, it's, I have no idea if this thing is charging it or not. And it's yep. got three, it's got a U, two USB A's. It's got, I don't know what that is. And it's got a, U, and a USB C. <laughs> I guess it's a mi- micro. Parallel and, port. But I don't know what any port. of this is for. And I don't know what bit <laughs> I plug in to charge it. And I'm frightened to in case I blow the house up. So one of the cool things that I think uh, Sean may be appreciative of because he doesn't go out and buy brand new AirPod Pros like I'm sure Stephen has by now. Uh, nope. If you plug three something pairs. into the power bank and it lights up and tells you, hey, it's charging, a lot of times I don't know that. I don't know that what I plugged in charges, yes. whereas this accessible power bank will give you feedback to let you know, yes, the device is actually charging that you just plugged in. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so you got all that, and you got what, – what kit do you take? What computer are you taking, Damasi? I'm assuming uh, you're so. not taking some kind of, you know, compact desktop with a 17-inch CRT monitor, keyboard, sure, mouse. Not at all. So, yeah, Hamster in a wheel to power it. Yeah, there you go. I, that might be an idea. But no, I probably wouldn't get through TSA with all of that, though. No, maybe not. Frown <laughs> upon that hamster. Yeah. Uh, so I am taking the 13-inch uh, M2 MacBook Air. Well, done. Uh, as well as because I'm hoping to get some uh, pretty good content outside of just me reporting stuff back for Double Tap, I will be taking the Vocaster as well as uh, a couple of microphones. Uh, so the Sure Beta 87A and a AT Audio Technica AT2005, which is the older version or older model of the microphone, I believe that Sean has. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the AT100X, I believe. 2100X, thank you, yes. So that's pretty much it for what I'm traveling with. Oh, I'm going to take a Bluetooth number pad. uh, (gasps) Oh, now you're talking. What What are you talking about? Why are you taking that, Demasi? Is that for your... that, because I like using the track, the numpad command. I knew you were going to say that. I love it. I'm going to buy one of these very soon because I'm missing it. You sent me an email, I think, about, I don't know, 10 years ago, asking information about this. Michael, I remember this. I will get back to you. I will get back to you, I promise you, (laughs) within the next decade or your money back. Um, But, uh, speaking of which, now, Damasi, which one do you have? Because I have have some thoughts on this, so uh, you go first. Which one do I think this may be a iClever, but I'm not 100% sure. I can go look it up in my Amazon history. if it's Don't even bother. If it's iClever, just forget it. That is not clever. Uh, no, uh, no, I'll tell you what you want. You want Satechi. Satechi is the answer to everything. Uh, that's like an ad. Um, so Satechi, the future of internet. Uh, but basically, it's a, it's a separate... <laughs> this is definitely QVC. <laughs> and, and none of us are getting a job on QVC. Um, but, you know... God so... bless you, Mr. Abbott. <laughs> um but yes uh we are uh what was i saying yes we uh, i was i got this one the satechi which is the a number pad uh a separate bluetooth number pad which is ideal it even looks the same as the macbook you can get it in different macbook styles you know like space gray starlight all that stuff amazing I can tell you're interested. So, um, <clears throat> yes, yes. I'm, I'm actually waiting to see if you're going to say it does the things that mine does. So, this the one I have charges with USB C. Yes, it does uh, that. Which was a must. I was like, that that has to be the thing. Yep. Uh, it also allows for connecting to two different devices. Uh, it doesn't do that, but that doesn't matter because it's still Satechi and it's brilliant. <laughs> and it so the one I have basically, if you look at an extended keyboard, uh, it looks like somebody just chopped off. Everything from the home page up, page down, row and arrow keys over <laughs> yes. to the number pad. Hang so on, it has what? all of those keys as well. <gasps> oh, 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 hang on. Oh, now iClever's not looking so stupid, is it? <laughs> uh, now someone's changing their mind. Uh, do you know Does what? it have arrows too, Demasi, or not? 
Yep, it does have. So it has <gasps> arrows. It has a little six pack of keys with the with the home in page up, page down, oh, clear. I don't oh know dear. what this other button does. Oh, well, can, I, can I just delete. say to the people of yeah, iClever, I am sorry. Uh, I will never speak ill of you again. Uh, actually, Satechi, you can shove it. This sounds much better. Um, no, mine's only connects to one. It's a single um, uh, use, single use amateur uh, <laughs> Bluetooth numpad, which has just got the numbers right, the number pad. That's all it What's is. What's the battery life like on that, Damasi? Uh, it says it'll last for about a month. I haven't charged it up since I first got it, which was about maybe oh. six weeks ago. I plugged it up, charged it up, and I have not that's had enough. to charge yeah, it up. I mean, fun. it does have a switch also to turn it off and on, so you know for sure it's yeah, off so does my Satechi. You're rubbish, Satechi. Uh, and this will also sleep. So, like, if I sit here and I'm not using it for for a little while, it'll just kind of go to sleep. So you tap it and it wakes it up, and then you, you're, you're back using it. So it's I've pretty that power efficient. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have that at certain age in life. Yeah. No, that sounds really good. Actually, that sounds much better than mine. Um, the the Microsoft one. There was a Microsoft numpad as well. You could buy. Uh, I kind of moved away from that because the software I found really difficult to figure out. You could add lots of custom options as well. There was that additional row. I think at the top of it, you could add different uh, customizable. You know, like you could make it open apps and stuff, but. No, this is quite good because, you know, as much as the, you know, I do love having the MacBook there, you do miss the extended keyboard. And it saves you having to take another keyboard with you. You're just, oh, I'm going to buy one of these things now. Thank you for that, Damas. <laughs> you selling that in AT, guys? Uh, no, oh, yeah. oh, see, you, you missed a chance with that one, you see. You missed a chance there, right? Uh, listen, stick around. Uh, are, you, are you guys okay to hang around? We could do some feedback next. Are you good? Yeah. yeah. Okay, brilliant. We'll get into the feedback and we'll also find out more about your podcasts as well because you're not just recording, as you say, for Double Tap, although we're very glad you are, uh, but you're also recording for your own shows. We'll find out about that next here on Double Tap on AMI-audio. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air and on Mastodon at Double Tap. Uh, Sean and I today, and uh, here on the Friday show, we are talking about traveling to convention. Now, just a quick programming note for uh, you here on AMI-audio and on our podcast as well, for those of you listening there. Uh, on Monday, we are off because it's Canada Day on Saturday. Hey! Oh, Canada Day. Yes. Um, so, yes, uh, Oh Canada Day will be happening on Saturday. We're and so sorry. I, I, honestly, I just apologise. It's probably easier. It's just, to, it's just like my, my life, my, my marriage. I just apologise at the beginning of the day. And that covers <sighs> Are it, you I part think. Canadian? I, I think I am. Yes, I think I am. Because we're, we're kind of, we're just sorry, but more aggressive in Scotland. We just say sorry. <laughs> more aggressive in our approach to it. But we still say sorry. Uh, so, yes, uh, we're off on Monday. Uh, but we'll be back on Tuesday and we will be uh, hearing from these guys who are going to be at the convention. Uh, in Michael's case, he is at convention. So we'll be hearing from you guys at uh, NFB in Chicago. Uh, no, that's the wrong way around. It's okay. the ACB in Chicago and the NFB in Texas. So, Schoenberg. Uh, yes, Schoenberg. Don't forget. Yeah, yes. all right, all right. Schoenberg. Stop, stop putting me off. So good, they named it. This is it all in my months. head. Okay, oh, sorry, carry on. I forgot what I was going to say, but I'm okay. sure it was very interesting. Um but yes, we're not basically, here on we're not here Monday, and we're back Tuesday. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Uh, if you uh, want to check out over the weekend on AMI Audio, you're going to hear a fantastic interview we did with uh, Matt Ater. He's the VP over at Vespero, and he's talking to us all about his trip at CES earlier in the year. Also, his new role as chair of uh, the CTA Foundation. And we'll be talking about artificial intelligence with Matt as well, which was a big topic at CES, and he chaired a panel on it from a disability perspective. So all that on the weekend uh, the Daily Double Tap Express takes a break. The train is uh, firmly in its little bed. Part, part. And it will return little next bed. week. What are you talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> Good. Uh, we've, got, <laughs> we've got Michael Babcock and Damasi <laughs> Thomas with us today. And, you know, I thought we'd maybe start off, we'd maybe go through some feedback. And you guys, um, being the experts in things that you are, um, I thought we might throw some questions at you. So we had a call in yesterday from Nicole. And she was asking about her Braille display. She has a Braille display. She uses it with her iPhone. And she says every time she turns voiceover off, she loses connection. And if she turns voiceover back on, she has to reconnect to her Braille display. Uh, what is she doing wrong, she wanted to know. And I wonder if you guys might have an answer to that. 
uh, so she's not doing anything wrong. Typically with Braille displays and uh, mobile devices or, or op- desktop operating systems, the screen reader is actually responsible for the connection and the translation of Braille. So if you turn off the screen reader, there goes your Braille translation, right? And there goes the connection. So mm-hmm. that's going to happen. That's how that works. When you turn it back on with the iPhone specifically, my experience has been, and my understanding is this is intended behavior by Apple. I wish they would change their mind about this, but uh, lock your device. If you turn your display on and your phone is already awake and unlocked, lock the phone, unlock it, and it should automatically reconnect instead of you having to manually go back and connect it. And when you say unlock, do you mean with face? So the face idea unlock, are you talking about that or just unlock the phone? Uh, so hit the hit the wake button to sleep wake button on the side button to put the phone to sleep like it's going back in your pocket and then press that again wake it up and when you unlock it yeah so face ID or your pin code or touch ID however that is when when you unlock your device again then your braille display should connect now my experience also has been whenever I lock my device the braille display does disconnect and what I have here that I have experience with is a uh, Focus Forty uh, fifth gen. And a the NLS reader that was uh, put out by Bard is being distributed by uh, the NLS library here in the U.S. Uh, I managed to get one of those as well, which is nice. It's a nice 20 cell display. It's basically based off the, uh, I believe it's the BX20 Brilliant. The BI20X. Yep. Thank you, sir. The BI20X uh, is what this is based off of uh, here. So in both cases, if I lock my phone and lay it down or if the phone goes to sleep and just locks itself you know, automatically, uh, the Braille display disconnects. So I can't wake up the phone with the Braille display uh, at the moment. I have to manually reach over and tap the phone screen or, or pick it up and unlock it, and then it will connect back. So she's not uh, – was it Nicole? Nicole, you're not yeah, doing anything yeah. wrong? It is just the way that it behaves, and I know it's not you know expected or desired behavior, but no. uh, accessibility at Apple.com. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true, right? If we if we keep feeding it back and we keep feeding back the issue, um, then maybe we get that, the solution. Why would that be a feature, though? Why would that be a design to work that way? So I don't know if it's something to do with, you know, newer Bluetooth protocols that are being used, because it wasn't always this way. Like, I, I my initial usage with a Braille display in an iPhone, which I thought was amazing back in 2013, was I could, you know, turn on the Braille display. It had been previously paired with the device. I could wake up the device, enter my passcode, and then get off to doing what I came to do. Of course. So that's how you could, expect it to work. Yeah, but this was, you know, Bluetooth 4, Bluetooth 3, or whatever the version number was then. We're now at Bluetooth 5-ish. Some mm-hmm. number, five point something. So it could be something changing in the spec for like Bluetooth low energy could possibly be the reason that it, it behaves differently. Uh, but that that's that's about all I have. Okay. All right. Well, I uh, hope that helps, Nicole. And uh, yeah, I, I think the, the key thing is what you said there, which is that, you know, Nicole's doing nothing wrong. And I think that's often the feeling whenever something stops working like this. You know, what have I done? What have I done? And it's not the case. Oftentimes, especially when it comes to Braille, I've noticed there seems to be a lot of weird stuff goes on with yeah, Braille. And, and I'm going to say, much like Sean, much like Stephen always blames everything on Sean, when something goes wrong with a Braille device and an Apple product, I always blame it on Apple. There you go. See, just exactly like <laughs> that. That's a perfect situation. When everything else in my life goes wrong, I blame Sean. Uh, for everything else, blame Apple. There you go. Problem solved. Uh, okay, let's go. <laughs> let's get an email in from uh, Jordi Frank, who's been in touch. Hi. We have had a lot to talk about the Perkins and the QWERTY keyboards lately. My opinion is each to their own, but let's not discard either. They both have benefits. I have a different take on the Perkins. For one, I have had one for some 50 years and it is still in good working condition. Just how long would a QWERTY keyboard last? What about recycling? They can both go to have parts of them reused, but I have another use for the Perkins. That is a health benefit. A Perkins, in the old hard case, weighs approximately 7.5 kilograms. That's 16.5 pounds. Using the Perkins as a weightlifting aid, like a dumbbell, one could keep the arms, shoulders and chest muscles in good order. And if it is not misused, one could still use it as a writing machine. What a long life the Perkins would have. A question for both of you. How do you manage to keep the dust accumulated on screens, keyboards and other equipment caused by static? It must be one very big problem. You either must have a very good cleaner or a very dusty workplace. I would like you to sometime give us a grand tour of both your work areas, what equipment you have and what you use it for. 
Keep up the good work, even though it is mostly apple show creaks with a little windows. <laughs> Keep it up, Sean. Oh. Regards, Geordie Frank. P.S. I am about to embark on using a laptop for the first time with Windows 11 and NVDA. I have some tuition from the seller and I'm looking forward to it. You may hear more from me about this and may even be able to answer some of my questions. Well, we'll we aim to please or no, I'm try to please. Nervous. Yeah, I'm putting that on you again. Yes, that's I knew on you Sean. would. Yeah. Yes, well done. <laughs> Tab in your arrow keys, right? Pretty that's much. it. That's all you need. Exactly right. And narrator as well in some places. So the Perkins is a weightlifting aid. Like that, that's not a bad idea. That kind of works. You know, I don't think you can break a Perkins. I, I mean, internally perhaps, but the, the style of it, it feels to me like a steamroller could drive over it and it would still look exactly I, the no, same. No, no, I'm sorry. I am sorry. But do you know how expensive those things are to get fixed? It's ridiculous. No. Well, they're very expensive. Let me put it that I'm way. I'm broken see, one. That's, I, wouldn't, I don't it's know. It's the chain break. Well, they do break, though. I mean, they do take some hammer. I agree. They I are like bad pig there for a second. You actually got me, got me there. You actually well, made me... I felt bad there. Well, you should feel bad, Stephen Scott. It's just the way you said that. You were so well, Disney in that response. <laughs> sorry. It was sorry, like you I just get... gave me your Disney eyes. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, you've put me off now. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, anything to say? I thought she was going somewhere else with the Perkins style and using it for self-defense or something. Not, not well, lifting. yeah, I did say that. I said, you know, keep, some people might keep a baseball bat by their beds. I keep a Perkins Braille next to mine. Oh, yeah, there yeah. You go, it works. <laughs> I went to public schools uh, through high school, and sometimes I had to carry my Perkins with me between oh, classes. Yeah. And I will tell you, there were more people that would throw each other out of the way so they didn't get hit by me in the hallway. I remember. Remember some teacher saying, "Make sure he gets out of the way," and then someone threw someone else in his locker. So you know, always fun, always fun. <laughs> Are you, do you remember the bags you would get for them? The zippy bags. Did you no. have those? Oh, no, we used no. to get those. Yeah. I had a. There's a I handle a on it. Carry case. it by the handle. No, no, wait, no, that's right. But no, no, we had a bag. There was a bag. I that remember when I, I don't even know what bags. happened to this. But I had a bag that was built for the Perkins. Lanyard. It's a soft covered bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of which. Uh, are you guys selling the Slinger? We are. We, this we is are the newest the AT Guys product, and it's pretty cool. It's right. A, we've never talked about this. Yeah, talk about this. Yeah, so the one thing I don't like about this, and I'm fully transparent about things that I do and don't like, but Demasi may have found a solution uh, for this, is it uses adhesive to stick to the back of your device. So you uh. actually stick it on the back of your device. As Demasi said, just get a case for your phone that's your slinger case and stick it to that case and then put your phone in that case when you need the slinger okay, or yeah, stick fine. it to your phone. Uh, that makes sense. But unlike the, your standard lanyard that just hangs things around your neck with the slinger, you pull it away from your body and the cords will extend out and then you can use your device and then retract it uh slinger's done great with uh, creating some bling for your uh, uh for your lanyard because you can swap out the cords that come out and they even have a metal chain one if you just want a metal chain around your neck to uh pull out and stuff so well, very unique not, not, not bling for your sling Get the slinger so you can add bling to your sling at AT guys. <laughs> you can have that one. You can keep that, yeah. You can use it. <laughs> no one else would want that. Right. Even slinger I'll, I'll, people are like, nah, you're all right. Yeah, invoice Thanks. JJ, don't invoice me first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is uh, right, I'm trying to get my head around this. So how does it uh, when you ex when you extend extend it out, so say you take your mm -hmm. iPhone or whatever and you extend it out, is it automatically yep. detracting? Or nope. does it have so like it has, a yeah, it has two me. buttons on the top part of it that you pr that lock it into place when you get it to the level that you want, and then you hit those two buttons to retract it because it, it releases that lock, and then you can adjust it. One of the cool things about it, though, is let's say Ira says, hey, can you move your phone up a little bit uh, when you have it? Because that's, that's what I'm going to be using it for is using Ira, and uh, you you can adjust the height of the phone because you can move it up or down, and it locks into place wherever you set it. That's interesting. And then there's a wallet on the – so we have two models. We have the Slinger, which is $39.99 US, and that has a four-card wallet on it as well. So what, I'm, what I've done is I've put my 
ID, my photo ID in it because it has a clear case. And I just point the back of my phone at people who need to see it. Or I can hand them my phone, but it never leaves my neck and they can pull it further if they need to and not be dragging me around by my head because the slinger will extend and they can see what they need to. We also have the slinger slim, which doesn't have a wallet. And that is more for if you just want to slip your phone in and out of your pocket. Hmm, that's an interesting idea. I, I actually might use that line. I was just thinking the same thing. I feel slightly ashamed and dirty, but I know that sounds quite cool. Uh-huh. Can it hold I, a Perkins I, Brailler? I feel the it same cannot. way. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you ship worldwide? We do. That's hey! a big concern. We do. Hold, and, hold on. And... Hold, hold on. Oh, hold no, they do it. Oh, oh, well, never mind. Forget I it. wouldn't I say it. worldwide. I, I, I wouldn't be so anxious mm. to say worldwide. But we do ship to a lot of places, including the UK. Uh, uh, Scotland? We ship to Australia. We ship to Scotland. Excellent. And we have Ireland. recently, like a couple of months ago, re-enabled our Australia and New Zealand shipments because <clears throat> packages were getting misplaced on the way over there. So we disabled them for a temporary time. But That's a long way, right? They just fall into the ocean. Yeah. Don't send anything to Scotland then. <laughs> yeah, Apparently well, they all well, go missing. Everything, but only on return. Only on return. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I was thinking it was only when Sean's expecting something from Steve. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, honestly, this week with posties, don't even get me started on this. This is. I'm still sitting with this mixing disc. I don't even want it. Uh, Sean, you'd be quicker jumping on a train coming to Scotland. Yes, and taking it away. Uh, that means doing things. Actually, Forget not it. A bad idea. Um, <laughs> but then now he's got to leave the shed. You just said he couldn't. Oh, that's the true. Box, yeah. That's yes. True. Exactly. Yeah. Then I get lost as well as the he package. may end up in North America with a non-existent <laughs> train. You'll be wondering how he got here. You're what? Like, what? I'll well, I'll, I'll attach left. it to a slinger and I'll just throw it out the window <laughs> and hopefully it'll get to you. Uh, let's go to Elijah, who's uh, dropped in this email. Uh, uh, Funnily enough, about re- uh, repairs to Braille displays. Hello. I have an APH Chameleon 20 that's no longer under warranty and quite a few of the dots do not come up anymore. Also, the mechanism under one of the space bars is completely broken and half the other keys do not work anymore either. I sent an email to APH asking about a repair, including what the price would be, and they said that I would need to pay a $95 fee for humanware to examine the device, and then they can tell me what the price of the repair will be. If I decide to go through with the repair, the $95 fee will go towards the repair, but if not, I will not get my money back. However, they didn't give me an estimate on how much this repair might cost, and $95 is a lot of money to lose if the repair ends up being too expensive. Do you know how much it might cost to get these issues repaired on the chameleon? The only other time I got a braille display repaired by myself is when I sent my Orbit Reader 40 in a few weeks ago with similar issues, but far less extreme. But since it was under warranty, it only cost shipping fees and $10 for the broken key. I might be able to have vocational rehabilitation get me a new chameleon, but I'm not sure yet, since it's been so long since I opened this case with them, and I would like to find at least a ballpark estimate for the price APH might charge me. While the Orbit Reader 40 is a very good device, the chameleon has advantages that the Orbit Reader 40 lacks, such as it being more portable, having text-to-speech, having a faster refresh rate, and I think being more resistant to dust and other things, and therefore better for some environments. From Elijah. Mm, well, we have two people here who live in America. Uh, it might be uh, that th- you can help answer this question. Nope. I have no idea. Excellent. Well, that's <laughs> excellent. But you're nope. American. With exactly. A you know everything? <laughs> well, no. I'm, I've, I've, I can't really help with the price. I just, just dread to think how much it would cost for something like that. But I, I, I feel slightly annoyed on Elijah's behalf there because I feel the price you pay for these, I, I expect amazing customer service for that. And sorry, $95 just to let you know how much it's going to be and that's non-refundable if there's no if you decide not to go ahead. I don't think that's on. I'll be quite honest with you and brutal. Mm. I do not think that's on. So, I have two perspectives about this. Um on the one hand, I completely agree with you. Like I should be able to pay for shipping to send it to you. You tell me, you know, this and that is broken and it'll cost $350 to get it fixed. Do you want us to fix it or do you want to pay for shipping back to you? Right. Paying for the shipping both ways. I have no problem with. I, I, I feel like that is a better result here, especially mm-hmm. with this being a piece of specialized equipment that I can't just take down to, say, the local Best Buy or, or other repair center and try to have them fix it. Right. That, that is my honest opinion about that. It is not, however, from the other side of that, it is not um, abnormal 
for, say, a, a, a person to take a car into a mechanic and the mechanic charges them just to look at it to tell them what's wrong with it. That's, that's not abnormal. So I can kind of see where um, humanware may be coming from in their position. But I honestly come down on the side of like, I should be able to ship this to you. Pay for the shipping. You look at it. Tell me what the cost is. And if I want to pay that, we, we arrange that. If I don't want to pay that, you send it back to me and I just have a broken device. And I think that was the cost. I, I could be wrong here, but I know that in the UK we had a similar problem. I had an issue with my Focus 14. And the same thing was I had to pay a fee, which included the uh, the sending and the return of the product. So really what you were paying for was shipping the product there and then shipping it back to you. Uh, that's why you lost the money, because you were you were paying up front for those courier fees. So that's possibly where that money is going. And what they're saying to you is, well, we'll swallow some of that money, uh, you know, into the cost of the repair should it, you know, come to that uh, and you want to go ahead with the repair. It's always a challenge, though, isn't it? Because we want these things to work and we obviously need them to work. But, you know, it also depends on the age of the product. How long can you expect a product like that to be supported for? I mean, I understand a year, you've got your warranty. You might even get extended warranties in some of these things. But, you know, if you're talking maybe seven or eight years down the line, is it really appropriate for the company to then have to swallow that cost? Well, I'm not expecting them to swallow the cost of the actual fixing or replacement of parts, but I am expecting them to look at it and tell me how much it's going to cost mm. without charging me for that. Okay, I fine. Sorry. No, sorry. I don't uh, care. Uh, okay. Right, fine. Right. That That is one question I would have for Elijah, though, is are they also expecting you to pay to ship it to them or are they going to send you a prepaid label for you to ship it? Because that does make a difference because yes. paying for shipping and ensuring they're doing the proper thing to ship that is not going to be, you know, it's going to be well more than $10, I can guarantee you, uh, because you want to ship it in, you know, with some service that's going to track it for you, of course, and also have some insurance on that device in case it gets lost or you're just not completely out of the whole device. Uh, but Stephen, you make a good point. How long have you had this display is also another thing. Like, is it just worth, is it, sometimes it is worth more. And I know Stephen's answer usually is just go buy something anyway. <laughs> Correct. But I often Not in this case though, right? Well, because yeah, it's... yeah, not in this case, but <laughs> yes. it may, depending, because I don't, I don't, I'm not really familiar with that device and how long it's been around. So if you've had it since like 2015, like it, it may be, you know, more worth trying to explore options for getting a new device anyway, because it's going to pretty soon be out of any sort of coverage that they offer. Uh, but that could also be a reason for them charging that fee is because maybe it is a older device. I mean, we, we, you know, I sometimes get calls from people who are like, I need to get my Victor one repaired, you know, Victor stream one repaired. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't have any idea if anybody can fix that for you nowadays. So that could also be the case there too, but I, I can see both sides of the argument here. Like you know, they are ex, you know expending labor time to look at your device, and you know that costs. So it's sticky. It's, it's sticky. It's just one of those. I don't think anybody's ever going to be. It's one of those situations where I don't think anybody will always be one hundred percent happy because either either the company is going to absorb a lot of costs for labor and shipping, or we as customers are going to somehow ex, absorb that cost to at least get it looked at. You know, it's like, um, who, who said that just a minute ago about the, the Perkins? It was uh, Frank, right? So Frank says, you know, the, the Perkins has been around forever. You know, how long would that uh, QWERTY keyboard last? And I think that's the thing. In specialist tech, blind slash braille world, um, this tech has lasted a long time. You know, actually, some of these companies are victims of their own success because the products have lasted such a long period of time. Now, whether that's by design, in the sense that people, they know these cost so much money that you know you're not going to be buying a new braille display every year or even every five years, maybe not even every ten years, and certainly maybe even not beyond that if we're talking twenty years ago, right? So you know people's expectations are these will last a very long time, and perhaps we need to come up with a realization that these companies can't survive forever if they sell a product that lasts forever, right? Because that's how a company will just go out of business. Because uh, the they're not selling product. The answer is let's sell braille, braille displays on a subscription because everything else is a subscription. Mm, that's an oh, interesting one. Someone else, fee. someone mentioned this a while back on the show. Actually, someone did say this. You know, have mm -hmm. a, have the have the braille display as a as a subscription. Now you could do this with a lot of this kind of tech that is really expensive. I mean, we were talking mm -hmm. yesterday on the show about um, braille embossers. 
and how much they cost. Mm-hmm. You know, even a rental scheme or some kind of, you know, subscription buy or whatever, you know, you could obviously then get access to the latest version whenever it came out. You know, I mean, there's a lot of benefit to that. And it would cost a lot less overall. So I don't yeah, know. Kind of, like, kind of like the iPhone upgrade program that Apple does, right? Like That's right. You're just basically paying a subscription for a phone, and when the new phone comes out next year, you know, you get that new phone. Trade yours in, get the new phone. Just but hang on, but could, could the companies, like could Humanware, for example, exist on a model like that? You need it, that initial capital to start that. Yeah, sustain I, yourself? and it also depends on, like, if it... It would really depend, right? Because we're either looking at you know maybe seventy five bucks a year, hundred bucks. I mean seventy five bucks a month, hundred bucks a year if they mm. want to be sustainable, or they got to try to make it up in volume if their prices are lower, right? And again, there's not a huge, there's not a much of a market for a braille display from Humanware as there is for an iPhone, right? Obviously, no. That's and then there's the also point, the right? fact there's also the fact that you know Humanware itself has competition from Hims and. Uh, mm-hmm. Whoever's, Orbit, uh, Orbit, and yeah. uh, Vespero. Yep. So, you know that th- there's that that aspect of it. Elijah, I'm going to give one piece of information for Elijah. Though you mentioned that you had a VR case open, I would actually talk to your VR counselor about uh, seeing if there. And maybe you've done this. I apologize if you have already done this, but if you haven't, they may be able to handle getting this repaired for you. Uh, that may be an option open to you. So I would explore that as well. Uh, listen, we've not got much time. Quickly tell us about the podcasts you guys do so that we can uh, get people subscribed to those as well so they can catch more of your coverage from the uh, conventions next week. So, Domasi can explain to you technically working real quick. Yep. So, technically working is a show that me and Michael do. It publishes every Monday. Uh, definitely check out the July 3rd episode. You might hear some familiar voices there. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh me and michael will be talking about it on you know probably for a couple of weeks after convention on technically working the things that we found and discovered and and more information that has come out about products that that we found interesting when it comes to professional work uh also michael has unmute so unmute presents uh, and a few other shows around that he can tell you about where they probably will be doing much deeper dives on the topic of convention in general and we answer your tech questions. One last thing about technically working that we mentioned last Monday is a cool app that I don't know if either of you have played with that Demasi has gotten me to sign up for their trial, which means I'll probably forget about it and pay $50 a year. And that is TripIt to keep all your trips in one place. Oh, okay. I look forward to learning more. Well, listen, I thank you for guys. A lot. I need it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> he trips a lot, leg. this guy. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Six months of my life, I'll never get back. Um, but listen, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you broke your leg, but yeah, I mean, sorry for what about me? Um, but anyway, uh, listen, you guys are covering uh, obviously all the things that are going on at ACB and NFB, and you're going to be covering uh, some of that for Double Tap. We really appreciate it. So we are going to let you go, uh, get into the world, uh, get you packed and ready to go to Massey, heading off today uh, to Houston, Texas. Yee-haw, y'all. Uh, I think that's right. And oh uh, yeah, we've got another audience gone. So sorry. But uh, listen, thank you guys for coming on. It's been brilliant today and uh, we will look forward to hearing more from you guys from Tuesday next week here on Double Tap. Michael Damasi, thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. And stick around because tomorrow you will be able to hear my interview with Matt Ata we did earlier in the year talking about CES and all things CTA Foundation. Interesting conversation about AI as well with Matt Ata, the Vice President of Vespero in our uh, weekend special. No Express this week. It returns next week. We'll be hearing from these guys quite a lot over the next week. So I look forward to that. Uh, That is it for us. Uh, We are back on Tuesday with uh, the beginnings of the convention specials and also keeping an eye on all the other big tech news and your feedback as well. Sean, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend, everyone. Happy Canada Day. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find or your podcasts.